Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. Yo, yo, yo. The third part of this podcast is uh, not available this evening. He's out at the lake enjoying the last couple weeks here we have a summer up here in the pacific northwest so he's uh he's soaking it all in and uh no wi-fi available to uh join us this evening to take a look at the early matchups uh coming up this week that is the thursday night game and the early morning games so we will miss tyler but he'll be back with us next week yeah, our IQ on this podcast has dropped dramatically. <laughs> yeah, this might be this might be a skippable one, but hey, that's all good, man. Uh, we're gonna give you don't say uh, that. At least, and I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of course, <laughs> I, I, I think we both, you know, can say we have significantly better takes than than Tyler here. So, um, this yeah. might be the best the best show to listen to, actually. And I hope he listens <laughs> to this as well. Um. To, yeah, so we are the Fantasy Football <laughs> Fathers. You can find us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Uh, we are going to be covering the early window matchups here, going through every single game, talking about the guys that are kind of question marks, any news, uh, relatable news so far that's came up this week for those games, and kind of give our opinions on who we'd like to start and sit. A lot of times our starts of the week kind of get um, – spoiled in this first episode if, if they're in one of these matchups so might be some of those mixed in here uh but our full starts of the week segment is on the uh late afternoon afternoon and late game episode which comes out after this one either friday and or saturday depending on our schedules if you're new like to the show <laughs> yeah more like my schedule <laughs> uh but if you're new to the show, uh, we appreciate y'all listening. Uh, it's a fairly new show. We started recording it uh, last year. Still a little meat and potatoes, but that's kind of the way we like it. Just uh, good, cold, hard facts and beer and uh, <laughs> football. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, did you? Um, did you? So by early games, we mean Thursday night football. Sunday morning games, late correct. games, you mean um, Sunday afternoon games and Monday night football. So, yeah, we do what at this point we're doing three episodes a week. We do waiver wire episodes that come out on Tuesday morning. We do our early games that typically early game starts and sits that typically comes out Thursday morning. And if everything goes right, our late game starts and sits come out on Friday morning. A little different schedule this week, as he said, though. Correct. That one might be coming out on old Saturday this week, but that's all right. Uh, still plenty of time for you to. Get a listen in and uh, get those lineups set. Um, well, with that, I guess let's get into these early matchups and get into the Thursday night game. Let's do it. Uh, the Chargers taking on the Chiefs. This should be a good one, man. On Thursday night football, the very first Amazon Prime game. Uh, right now, the Kansas City Chiefs are three and a half point favorites. The over under is 54 and a half points which is good for fantasy football. Um, Keenan Allen is officially out. Uh, Joshua Palmer is expected to get a little bit more 
more play in this one on the Chargers side with Keenan Allen being out, and hopefully Mike Williams can assert himself, uh, you know, and earn that fat payday that he got. Uh, Gerald Everett as well, someone else that might see an uptick in volume with Keenan Allen being out. Who do you like uh, on the Chargers side in that uh, for those receivers um, starting this week? Are you plugging Josh Palmer in? I don't think I'm going to. I mean, last week his stats, but he had five targets, three catches for or four targets, three catches for five yards. Obviously, it'll be a little different this week with Keenan Allen being out. I see Gerald Everett really having a big uptick, uh, a bigger uptick than Palmer. And Mike Williams hopefully having a bounce-back game. He always has big games against the Chiefs, too. But if I had to choose between Palmer and Everett, I'm going with Everett. Yeah, a little, uh, little surprise. My start of the week, uh, Mike Williams this week uh, for the receiver. I typically don't like choosing guys in Thursday night games, but I expect I expect him to be targeted, hopefully heavily, uh, with Keenan Allen being out. Um, obviously, one of the alphas on this team, so I expect him to see a good amount of targets, high scoring game, a shootout. Don't be scared to plug Mike Williams back in there after that uh, stinker he dropped last week. I just want to say this before we move on. I'm pretty deep on NFL Reddit. And um, they have a thread that focuses on fans who watch all the games, talk about certain players. And a Chargers fan who watches all the games basically had an explanation about Mike Williams and why he's so hit or miss and why he's boom or bust. And his theory is that Mike Williams, uh, we should kind of know this, is bad at creating separation. So anytime someone game plans against him and is able to put a safety over the top of Mike Williams, he doesn't do anything. So that kind of worries me that Keenan Allen's not going to be there. Maybe the Chiefs have the luxury of just throwing an extra safety his way the entire time. Obviously, this is a Redditor that said it. So, but I thought it was interesting. It's an interesting little thing to know about Mike Williams. Yeah. And, you know, and that could be true. I highly doubt it's, you know, he can't ever create separation. I mean, you play wide receiver in the NFL. I hope you can create some sort of separation, whether that's physically or, um, you know, with your uh, quickness, but he is a big, bigger guy. So uh, at some point you just kind of have to trust it, throw it up there and let him, let him go grab the ball. Um, I think Mike Williams has a big game though this week. I think he has to for this Chargers team. Otherwise they're in some trouble. Um, you know, relying if he on doesn't, guys, I'm like, in trouble. Yeah, I'm in trouble too. Uh, but I can't imagine they just want to rely on Deandre Carter all, <laughs> all year. So, um, Gerald Everett, though, like you said, I think he's a good start. You know, if you're questioning starting someone like a David Njoku or something and you're able to pick up Gerald Everett off the waiver wire, uh, I would go ahead and, and plug him in this week as well. Um, obviously, you're starting Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert. We don't have to tell you to start them. On the other side of the ball, uh, Patrick Mahomes, of course, you're starting. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you know, there's a lot of hype with him right now just because he – you know, put up those two touchdowns in week one. I think we might come back down to earth with Clyde. You know, he wasn't totally super efficient. He wasn't very efficient at all. Um, actually, the two touchdowns came in the passing game and were not the most challenging of plays um, for a, a player to make. So I'm not buying in just yet on Clyde Edwards. I know it was a good week one, but I think there's going to be some some rough games ahead, but you have to start them this game, right? I mean, after last week and 
and with the over under, you know, it's hard to keep that guy on your bench right now. Yeah, with an over under of fifty four and a half points, it seems like he'll he'll probably get another receiving touchdown, is what my guess would be. And you you basically said it. You have to start him this week. I'm not really phased by Isaiah Pacheco's garbage time performance with twelve carries and forty yards or whatever. So I'd, I'd give Clyde another chance. Might as well roll with him one more time. Yeah, and McKinnon uh, was the other uh, active running back. R- Ronald Jones was a healthy scratch. McKinnon played uh, 39% of snaps, which was the same amount of snaps that Clyde Edwards-Alaire played too, some of that being Pacheco coming in and playing some of the game. But it is interesting that they that him and McKinnon played the exact same amount of snaps. And, and he had one more target. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm rolling. Obviously, yeah. Obviously, Travis Kelsey. Uh, you're starting receivers. Juju was targeted pretty heavily. I think you know this is playing out as kind of we talked about uh, before the season started. It's going to be pretty spread out. And that was before, uh, you know, uh, Pat Mahomes was on record saying that yeah, it's going to be the ball is going to get thrown around a lot to to a lot of different guys, and I think that's going to be the story week in and week out. So for me. You know, I'm comfortable with starting Juju this week, but outside of that, it's just scary taking a shot on any of these guys, you know, right now without any sort of true consistency. Unfortunately, I totally agree. I might have to eat a little crow with how much I've hated Juju in the offseason, but he was the clear number two target as far as the passing game went. And that's, as we all know, that's not a bad place to be on the Chiefs offense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, should be a good game, though. I mean, and again, you know, you want pieces of this, right? Because it should be a high-scoring game. We, we hope so anyways. Otherwise, um, it'll be kind of disappointing. But uh, Juju should, you know, if the over-under is true, um, Juju should uh, put up a nice fantasy day for you. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to watch that one. Moving on to the Jets taking on the Browns in Cleveland. The Browns are six-point favorites. The over-under is 40.5 points. <laughs> wow. That is, that is low. Um, yeah, I mean, this this one's tough. There's there's really not a whole lot to, to run with here. <laughs> you know, really not a single player on the Jets, in my opinion, that I really feel comfortable starting right now with Joe Flacco at the helm. Clearly, Michael Carter and, and Brees Hall are going to be splitting time. I think Brees fumbled last week, so in in the doghouse a little bit. Um, you know, Elijah Moore, is a, we like him as a player, but Corey Davis led the team in, in receiving and targets. Uh, right now, I'm benching my Jets. What about you? I still like Michael Carter. I would start Michael Carter if I had him. Brees Hall is definitely... Uh, intimidating from what we've seen from his college career and he did fumble on his first career carry yeah which i thought was kind of interesting um neat little factoid i'm pretty sure it was uh ah, some great chiefs running back i think it was jamal charles like his first start uh actual start he fumbled on his first touch so it's like it's kind of good company to be in but it is alarming that Joe Flacco threw the ball 59 times and did not have a receiver break 80 yards. 
and the only person who had a touchdown was Tyler Conklin. It's it's definitely Yikes. scary. <laughs> very, yeah. very scary. So I, Michael Carter is the only one I would really be willing to put my name on right now. Yeah. Yeah, and even that's, you know, even that's scary. So um, what he about the other it, side man. of the... Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, what about the other side of the ball? Um, Cleveland Browns, you know, this is a team that's looking to run the run the football. If they can run and, and win the game that way, they're they're going to do that. That was pretty obvious last week. Nick Chubb pretty much carried the team, and, and Kareem Hunt made some plays in the passing game. Right now, I'm I'm Chubb and Hunt, and that's it. What about you? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the exact same way. I mean, Amari Cooper had six targets, three catches, 17 yards. I'll just take this moment to tell you, I told you so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you want a deep play, oh, my bad. No, go ahead. What's your, Who's your deep play? Donovan Peoples-Jones had 11 targets. True. Out yeah. of only 34 attempts from Jacoby Brissett, that's a 33% target share. That's a yeah. that's a saucy number to have. Yeah, I mean, I expect that to go down in a little bit um, as we move along here. But you know, I did. I took a look at DPJ over there on the waiver wire and uh, didn't pick him up at all. But I looked at him. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all did, and then we all did the same thing. Like, nah. But yeah. you know, watch list, watch list. Yeah, Najoku I'm a little scared about until Watson gets back too because this team clearly just wants to run the ball as much as possible with Jacoby in there. And the other tight end, uh, I'm forgetting his name right now, actually had more targets than than Najoku. So I'm not sure why Bryant. you pay Harrison Bryant. That's it. Yeah, I'm not sure why you pay somebody $60 million to throw the ball to somebody else. But, <laughs> you know. Uh, it is what it is. You can't really start him right now until you, you see something there with Jacoby. Yeah, I'm benching uh, him and f- hopefully getting a flyer. Yeah. Like I said, uh, hopefully, you know, if you're relying on Najoku, you, you went to the waiver this week and, and picked up a Hayden Hurst or, a you know, Gerald Everett or uh, Robert Tunyon, even someone that I like right now. I think he's going to emerge a little bit. Um, Typical. There's other options out there. Um, until Watson gets back, I think things will change. The How about Wash- Gerald Everett? Yeah, Gerald Everett's a nice, nice play right now. The Washington Commanders taking on the Detroit Lions uh, in Detroit. The Lions are two and a half point favorites. When's the last time Lions were uh, favorites? <laughs> That's interesting. They're biting kneecaps off, dude, and they looked pretty damn decent. I know they gave up 38 points, oh, yeah. but it's the fucking Eagles. I have faith in this team. They're definitely definitely playing with some some dog in them, and uh, you like to see that. Uh, over under right now is set at forty nine points. It's actually a little higher than uh, than I expected, but there are some offensive weapons, um, you know, on these two teams. Carson Wentz, you know, starting on the Washington side, had a a big game, honestly, for Carson for sure. QB three last week in week one with 29 fantasy points. But uh, are we relying on that again? Let's say you're in a, a super flex. I mean, are you throwing Carson out there against against the Lions? I would be hesitant. 
I mean, last week, the Lions didn't allow any passing touchdowns at all. They got ran all over. But, and we know Jalen Hurts isn't exactly the best quarterback, but I mean, zero touchdowns allowed in the passing game, that's that's pretty impressive. So I, I would be a little weary of it. But in a super flex league, I'd probably take that chance and throw Carson Wentz out there. Yeah, obviously it depends on who else you have, but, um, you know. He is something to think about. Let's say you you kind of punted your second quarterback, or they went quicker than you expected, and you ended up with like a Trevor Lawrence or something like that. Um, you know, then then I'm considering throwing Carson out there, but just considering it, <laughs> not committing just yet. That's the exact name I was going to say. If you end up with like a Trevor Lawrence kind of guy late late in the draft, you m- might want to start Carson Wentz this week. Yeah. Um, what about the receivers though? I mean, we kind of saw, you know, Curtis Samuel emerge. We were waiting on him last year. never came back. Um, just couldn't get healthy, but, uh, 11 targets through the air, I believe. And also four rushes on the ground, you know, kind of taking on that, what people like to call the Debo role and, you know, working both in the passing game and the running game. A huge waiver wire target this week for people. I saw a lot of fab spent on them. Um, are you throwing them in there right away uh, against the Lions this week if you were someone that picked them up? I would. I, I like that gadget role that he's in, and his big target share obviously isn't that sustainable. But, I mean, if a guy is touching the ball, you know, 12, 13 times a game as a receiver in any role, I think you're pretty tempted to throw them out there. Yeah, you know, it's tough because it's like I, I, I know there's going to be some ups and downs with this offense. I just know it. You know, they're not going to be on fire all all year like they were last year, but the role is nice. And if he's getting 15-plus touches a, a week, you know, he's an explosive player. He can he can make plays. So, yeah, I think you gotta you got to flex him. If you went out there and you spent some fab on him, there's a reason why. So, um I would be comfortable with that as well. What about well, his you, running mates? Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, would you rather have Curtis Samuel or Jahan Dotson, who scored two touchdowns on three catches? Uh, I'll say this right now. I think Jahan's the better receiver. Like, that catch that he made in the end zone is was fucking dirty. Like, that kid can play for sure. And they would be dumb if they didn't get him more involved than just the five targets. Obviously, he scored two touchdowns uh, on just five targets. So I really like, I like Jahan more as a as a player as a receiver. Um, but I think Ron, you know, I gotta I gotta think about what Ron's thinking, and and I think Ron <laughs> is thinking, you know, <laughs> to use Curtis Samuel uh, heavy, heavy, uh, heavily because he brought him in last year. So and he wants to kind of prove that. So, I imagine Curtis gets more touches this week. Oh, Riverboat Ron. Such a gambler, so unpredictable. Yeah, he is. And he'll just fucking straight up lie <laughs> to the media. <laughs> like, he's, he's going to, you know, use every advantage he can to kind of um, throw off his opponents. So, uh, but yeah, Jahan, I like I like the outlook for the entire season. You know, I think he's a dog, so. Um, but keep, keep him on the bench for now. You can't rely on, on two touchdowns again. 
Um, obviously, Scary Terry, you're starting. Antonio Gibson, you're starting. The only time you should question starting Antonio at this point is when Brian Robinson gets back. But we'll we'll handle that uh, in a couple weeks. On okay, the other fifty s- cent, yeah, <laughs> man, amen. Um, on man, the other amen, side, amen, amen, amen. <laughs> uh, the Lions side of the football. Um, uh, DeAndre Swift. I think didn't practice today. So keep an eye out on DeAndre Swift and what's going on there. Um, oh, not, God. I don't remember him leaving the game with any sort of injury, but maybe I missed that. So, um, but keep an eye on him. If he's healthy and he's active, you're playing him. There's no question about it. Um, it's pretty cut and dry. Uh, but what about Jamal Williams? Obviously, getting all of the goal line work, it seems. Is he flex worthy in your opinion? And if so, you're kind of relying on the Lions to get into some goal line situations to, you know, see him go ahead and get in the end zone. And I think they will. I would definitely um, be willing to flex him if I didn't have another person that I drafted higher that I was confident in. I personally have a lot of flex players I believe in quite a bit right now, so I wouldn't be starting him personally, but. A lot of people might be in that situation where he's on the bench and they're thinking about it. And it is alarming that I know it's a minor injury for DeAndre Swift. He rolled his ankle in the second quarter last week, which is kind of an impressive thing to say because he kept playing and had all those goddamn you know 15 rushes for 144 yards. Yeah. But it's also someone who's never played a full season in their NFL career. You know, the two seasons prior to this year, he played 13 games. So right. at the very least, Jamal Williams is someone you definitely want to have on your team. Yeah. I'm, you know, I think DeAndre Swift plays this week. I'm not 100% in on, on flexing him. I think, you know, there's better options out there probably on your team. But I do like stashing Jamal for sure. Because uh, when given the opportunity, he, he definitely produces. So, uh, but deep leagues, yeah, you could definitely flex him. Um, I told you. I told you so. DJ Shark had a touchdown last week. TJ Hawkinson has kind of been disappointing on really his entire career at this point for all the hype that TJ has had. Um, You know, he had seven targets last week, I believe. You know, 38 yards, caught four of them. Um, Just nothing real impressive with TJ Hawkinson yet in his career. You know, I, I think I'm looking for other options, but if you drafted him, you, you paid a pretty good price for, for a tight end, so you probably have to start him and give him another shot, I guess. Uh, you, you said it perfectly. He he was going ahead of guys like Zach Ertz, who didn't do much last week, but scored a touchdown. So it's something that Hawkinson seems to have trouble doing. I'm I'd be worried if I drafted him, but you might as well start him one more time. Uh, DJ Shark, eight targets, four receptions, 52 yards, and a touchdown last week. I saw him get picked up quite a bit off the waiver wires. A guy that might still be on your waivers. Um, you know, still 25 years old. Like, it feels like DJ Shark has been in the league forever. I don't know why, but, uh, just 25 years old. Um, if you did pick up DJ, you know, is he a guy worth, worth throwing in there again? Uh, I wouldn't want to, but while yeah. while speaking of the Lions receivers, Amon Ross St. Brown, everyone was doubting it. 
12 targets, led the team. Eight tar or eight, eight catches, led the team. 64 receiving yards, led the team. Touchdown. I mean, our boy's going. He's still rolling. Yeah, yeah for me, Amon Ra is, you know, you, you, you can have him sitting there comfy in your flex uh, every single week. Until really Jamison Williams uh, is activated, that's the only time I'll have any pause. But until then, Amon Ra is the guy on this team in the receiving game. So, yeah, I'm starting them every every week. Uh, Buccaneers taking on the Saints. The Bucks are three-point favorites. The over-under is 44 points. Uh, let's start here, I guess, on the uh, Buccaneers side of the ball. Um, Tom Brady, again, kind of disappointing last week, but might take a little bit of time to get the the 45 year old arm up and up and going so i expect better things hopefully if if chris godwin is uh is back but it's not looking so um he's still dealing with that hamstring injury um it doesn't seem to be serious but he could still miss week two uh when he was out there in week one he caught the ball i remember we were watching i think and we're both like, holy shit, uh, he looks good. He looks explosive. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So if Chris Godwin's out there, you're starting him. But hamstrings are one of those nagging injuries that could always come back. So that's a little scary. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. And, uh, man, I, I honestly, I'd be pretty worried to start any receiver on this team besides uh, Mike Evans. Uh Julio Jones, though, might as well take that flyer. Russell Gage, I'm not touching him. Yeah, for me, it's it's Mike Evans, and you can go ahead and take a flyer on Julio Jones. You know, I I think Tom's gonna gonna pepper him with some targets until he's also dealing with a hamstring injury. <laughs> but right now, Julio is healthy mm-hmm. and, and he looked good, honestly. So yeah, I would I would be happy playing Julio as well. Um, running back situation, Leonard Fournette, you're playing. Um, you're stashing Rashad White if you picked him up off waivers and seeing what happens with Leonard. But right now, Leonard is the workhorse in that offense in the backfield and will continue to do so. Uh, yeah, I don't understand all the the hype about Rashad White right now. It's I understand he is like the he's going to be the cuff for Leonard Fournette, but Leonard Fournette has looked great so far. I have no reason to think that Rashad White's ever going to be that dude, barring an injury, but. Correct. I think it'll happen. Yeah. I think it's just one of those things like people start thinking about handcuffs a lot more after week one because one of the, you know, big running backs goes down and, and all of a sudden everyone's chasing after that that guy's backup. And then they start thinking about, oh, who's who are other guys that, you know, are in a good situation if, if the guy in front of them goes down. So I think that I think it's just one of those things. Like Jalen Warren was another guy that I saw a good amount of fab being spent on and Najee's probably playing this week, so or he is playing this week. You already said he is, so mm-hmm. it's just kind of funny to me. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Wilson too. Jeff yeah. Wilson's got a lot. He got a lot of fab spent on him in the leagues that we're in. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, for fantasy purposes, you just kind of want to be ahead of that curve. You know, if your league's deep enough and you can you can stash somebody, try to find those guys that you know you can throw on your bench if something happens to the guy in front of him. Like Jeff Wilson, to me. You know, just real quick, 
I think it's going to be a mixed bag. You know, I think we're going to see a lot of Debo getting the red zone and valuable touches. And I think we're going to see some of the rookies as well, Jordan Mason and, and Ty Davis. So to me, I, I wasn't willing to spend as much because I think it's, you know, it's one of those things like Elijah Mitchell went down pretty early in the game and Jeff Wilson still only ended up with nine carries, I think, and nine touches for like 22 yards. So I don't know. It's one of those one of those things where it's like, yeah, he is the next guy up, but it's the 49ers backfield and Debo Samuel is still alive. So, <laughs> uh, I, I would have to disagree. I think Jeff Wilson's a he was someone I was trying to get this week, and I'm not worried about like Jerry and Davis Price or the other guy that you brought up that's in the backfield. You know, with Elijah Mitchell missing a bunch of time, Jeff Wilson's really going to be serviceable for a lot of people for the weeks to come. But yeah, he gets like when he gets carries in recent years. I know this is before Debo Samuel really came to prominence, but even like last year, towards the end of the year, he he had a couple really big games on just like thirteen carries. Yeah, and he and he certainly could, but it's I think it's gonna be hard to to start him week in and week out. Uh, I think we're gonna see a lot of Debo Samuel out of the at least in the red zone and the, those valuable running back touches. But uh. Getting back to this game um, on the Saints side of the ball, you know, Alvin Kamara, um, bad game last week. It was apparently he was dealing with some sort of rib injury that, you know, no one knew about until until after the game. So uh, that might explain why he didn't see a ton of touches. But, you know, he's Alvin Kamara. You're going to you got to start him um, if he's good and healthy and, and active and playing. You have to start him. Um, regardless, Michael Thomas had the big bounce back game, uh, apparently is back after scoring two touchdowns in week one, five receptions on with, for 57 yards. Are you go ahead and start Michael Thomas again this week? Yeah, you might as well. I mean, all of this rests on, you know, the shoulders of Jameis Winston performing and he did a pretty good job. Both of his touchdowns did go to Michael Thomas. So I think you do, you ride with Thomas till the wheels fall off. He was my personal biggest bust of the year. Looks like I'm just totally eating shit on that already. But um, those (laughs) were two red zone targets. (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll be honest about what I say. But those are both red zone targets. Um, And he's the only receiver in week one to have two red zone targets. So. I wouldn't say it was lucky, but I wouldn't expect that every single week. Uh, Jarvis Landry, though, on the other hand, nine targets, seven catches, 114 yards. I thought that was yeah. very interesting. Yeah, really interesting. Um, I mean, are you starting Jarvis Landry? <laughs> I would. I would flex him. But it all depends on like the, the makeup of your team. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, led the team in targets, which definitely was surprising for me. Um, you know, and then uh, Taysom Hill, a big um, waiver wire guy this week, obviously had the big runs last week and, and scored, um, which, you know, if you can put a running back in your tight end slot, that's that's always nice, but He's going to be, I think, game script dependent, right? And it, 
him getting those touches out of the backfield might have been because Alvin was was hurt, but you know, are you if you picked up Taysom Hill, are you going ahead and starting him as your your tight end? I would if you don't have one of the top five or six tight ends, you might as well just take that shot. I'd be willing to gamble, you know, like instead of having some guy who's going to give me seven or eight points off the waiver wire that Taysom Hill gives me double digit points. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. You know, he's a guy obviously that has a really high ceiling. Um, if he's going to be taking snaps at quarterback and running back and he's your, your tight end, but he also has a really low floor to me, you know, like probably the lowest floor because he could just not get in the game at all, you know? So it's, it's kind of uh, one of those risk reward type deals, but if you plug him in and he gets in, stumbles in the end zone twice, it's a huge, huge payoff. So I'd have to agree with you. Weren't all those stats from the second half? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I don't think he got in until the second half. Yeah. Uh, who uh, else? Chris Olave can't start the rookie. He he only had three targets last week, three receptions, caught them all, which is great. But um, gonna have to wait and hold on that one. Um, Panthers taking on the Giants uh, in New York. The Giants are two and a half point favorites. The over under is forty three points. CMC, you know, not a huge game. He played 81% of snaps, only got 14 touches, though. They might be trying to bring him back a little slowly and not, you know, overwhelm him at the beginning of the season. They want this guy to last the whole season, so I'm not worried. I'm obviously starting CMC uh, if you got him. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't be worried at all. The, the next closest running back who had carries was Deonta Foreman. He had two. I mean, he still is the majority of the backfield. And they only ran the ball 19 times anyways. So I, just like you said, I think they're slowly easing him in. Uh, DJ Moore, disappointing week. Robbie Anderson, big week last week. Um, either one of these guys starting for you this week. Neither. I mean, Robbie Anderson, I, I hate to talk about stats like this, but if you take away his touchdown catch, which was 75 yards, he had four catches for 27 yards. It's a very, very risky uh, thing to assume he's going to do that again. It's, it's going to slowly become the CMC show. But if he had to choose between the two, I man, it'd be rough. I'd probably just do Anderson again, just because Baker <laughs> really? Mayfield does like Baker Mayfield yeah. loves to throw the deep ball. True. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think DJ Moore is a better player, but. I didn't draft either of these guys. Obviously, Robbie Anderson wasn't being drafted, but I didn't draft any DJ Moore this this year. I'm just I'm not sold. Um, you know, I I don't want to go on that ride again. I've been on that DJ Moore roller coaster, and it's not real fun. Um, so I, you know, I'm not starting either one of these guys. You know, I guess if you drafted DJ Moore in the fourth, fifth round, or wherever he was going, uh, then I kind of have to start him because you you bet on that and. You know, you kind of have to take that, but at least for you a, already a fucked couple, yourself. Yeah, at least for a couple more weeks before you you pivot heavily. But uh, yeah, I'm not excited about starting either one of these guys. Um, on the it. other other side of the ball, the uh, the legend is back. Saquon Barkley looked super super good last week. Uh, you know that one run uh, down the sideline, staying in bounds, 
just looked explosive. He actually clocked um, his fastest time on a touch. I think it was like 21 miles per hour uh, since 2020, since he tore his ACL. So clearly he is back um, all the way back and you're starting him. Oh yeah. But even if you talk, talk about his stat line, 18 carries, 160 yards, that one big run, take away the big run, 17 carries for a hundred yards. Yeah. Also seven targets, six catches. I mean, could be running back one this year. I hope he keeps it up. Yeah. It could be comeback player of the year, all that good stuff. I mean, he, he looked really, really good and they're obviously going to lean on him. As long as he stays healthy, he should be killing it. Uh, what about the Giants pass catchers? Um, either of these guys uh, starting for you? Probably not. Just Saquon, right? Yeah, it's just Saquon. It hurts my heart that Kadarius Tony is not doing his thing yet. But, yep, it's it's only Saquon. Sa- Saquon. Yeah, I'm keep Tony Saquon. on your bench. Keep Tony on your bench. Wait and see what happens. But, um we knew it was going to be rough with Daniel Jones, right? It's it's always been rough, so it's going to continue to be that way. But Tony will have some some splash games. But, he did uh, run the ball two times, which I think yeah. is interesting. If only they could get him involved in the passing game, you know, it'd be great to see. <laughs> right, <laughs> what he's drafted for. Um, Patriots taking on the Steelers. Uh, the Patriots are one and a half point favorites over under forty and a half points. So another. Start to be another really low scoring game here with uh, a couple of offenses that have been struggling. Uh, Mac Jones on the Patriots side dealing with uh, serious back spasms, uh, but he's expected to be able to play. Um, you know, nothing really to to talk about here with this New England offense last week. Looked bad against Miami. There's been struggles all preseason. You know, it looks like it's going to be tough for Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, which were two guys that got that people were kind of buying in on and and relying on at least late in drafts as as a sleeper running backs. But right now, I'm not starting anyone on this offense. I would maybe start Damian Harris, and that's the only person I'm touching. Which that that is kind of a deeper play, but I see that the Patriots score more than one touchdown. Unlike last week, they played the Dolphins, very strong defense. Steelers are a strong defense too, but th- this should be one of those kind of old school dog fights between Mike Tomlin and Bill Belichick. So I, I would be willing to take a risk on Damian Harris, who didn't do bad. Nine carries, forty eight yards. Yeah, I can see him getting a touchdown. Too. Yeah. And with the receivers, though, I mean, I'm avoiding them completely. I loved Devontae Parker before the season started, but 30 targets overall, and they're spread between nine receivers, including running backs. Either way, it's spread between nine people. That's extremely concerning. Yeah, it is, and uh, I want no part of that. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Najee Harris, uh, again, been dealing with that foot injury, but um, he's been quoted multiple times saying he's practicing and playing. Um, so it looks like he's going to be good to go. Um, no issues in practice, I believe, as far as what I read. Uh, but, yeah, he should be good to go. Um, Jalen Warren was a guy that people were picking up in hopes that they would be able to get a guy that you know is going to get a workhorse role if Najee was unable to go but 
I, I don't see we I don't think we see much of Jalen Warren if if Najee's active and healthy. Yeah, I agree. If I'm a Najee Harris owner, um, I'd be very concerned, and I do have him in a couple leagues. Ten carries, twenty three yards. That was the biggest knock on him in his rookie year was you know only three point nine yards per carry, right. And what kind of carried him through the year was his target share and receiving game, and he only had two targets. Luckily, one of them was a touchdown, two catches and a three yards and a touchdown. His usage uh, is is pretty frightening right now. And, and Chase Claypool ran the ball six times for thirty six yards. It's I'd be pretty concerned for if I was a Najee owner right now, but you got to roll with it one more time. Yeah, for sure, it is concerning, but. Definitely got to roll with them, uh, especially for where you drafted them. Hopefully they don't hand the ball off to Chase Claypool six six times again. <laughs> uh, but that could have been just because of um, Najee's, you know, dealing with that foot injury uh, in the game. So, uh, but what about the receivers? Uh, you know, obviously Deontay Johnson, you're starting, but it looked like Chase Claypool was still wide receiver too as of now George Pickens didn't get a whole lot of looks either of these guys starting for you nope um not yet George Pickens I have high hopes for eventually but that's like a later part of the season Chase Claypool I've said it twice already you guys think it's a horrible joke but he literally is a clay pool he's a pool of clay I can't dive into it (laughs) I don't like it it sucks yeah but Pratt Firemuth we've been saying it all off season Look who came through with the second most targets on the team, most yards, five catches for 75 yards. There goes the Mooth. The Mooth man, yeah. as you would say. Yeah, dude. Hey, welcome to the Mooth man. I love the Mooth it, Mooth it. We love the Mooth it, Mooth it. <laughs> we like to. <laughs> mooth it. Yeah. So I'm I'm Moothing all week, and uh, I'm really Moothing my mind, dude. <laughs> I think over it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just going to give up on puns. It's all you got, dude. <laughs> it's the only one I can do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm starting to move with if, uh, if I got them. Uh, Colts at the Jaguars. Uh, Colts are four-point favorites. Over-unders, 46 and a half points. Uh, starting on the Colts side, um, you know, Matt Ryan in this receiving core. Michael Pittman Jr. is a freaking dog. And uh, in a stud, man. So big game from him last week. He should be played, obviously. Jonathan Taylor, um, also a dog and should be played. Um, What else, though, (laughs) on this offense? Like, the Jags gave up 29 points to Carson Wentz last week. Um, You know, does that shine any light on streaming Matt Ryan if for whatever reason you need a quarterback stream in week two? Um, And what about the other receivers for the Colts? I I wouldn't be afraid to start Matt Ryan. Uh, They threw the, like, this is just an interesting game. This obviously includes overtime stats, but, you know, 32 completions, 50 attempts for Matt Ryan, 350 yards. Touchdowns were hard to come by in this game, but I can see Matt Ryan having plenty of three touchdown games, 300 plus yard performances, and this week could be one of them. So I I wouldn't be afraid of starting him. You know, if you're kind of in that bottom tier quarterback range where your guy, if you're not sure your guys your guys going to score 18, 20 points, might as well throw Matt Ryan in there, take that risk. But as far as receivers go, 
I'm just Alec, not seeing it. Yeah, Alec Pierce uh, in concussion protocol left the game um, with a head injury, so apparently he has a concussion. So he's questionable to play. Uh, Paris Campbell was was quiet last week. Four targets, three receptions, thirty-seven yards. You know, we saw the Jags give up points to multiple different receivers, but it's kind of hard to to pinpoint who that might be outside of Michael Pittman this week. So I'm looking elsewhere. But if you are into putting people on your watch list, which I am because I'm a weirdo, Mike Strachan or is it Strachan? I don't know. Either way, you'll find him on the Colts roster. 6'5", yeah. 224. Um, I've had him on a couple of dynasty rosters just because of his big body. I mean, he got uh, two targets, two catches. It sounds dumb, but he's finally slowly getting involved. So maybe keep an eye on him. Yeah, and if, if Alec Pierce is out this week, you know, you could see more of him. Um, moving on to the Jaguars side of the ball. Um, Travis Etienne, James Robinson, was it was pretty split uh, 50-50 last week, but Robinson um, had a lot more carries about double the amount of carries. There was one play where Travis Etienne looked like he got fucking rocked. And (laughs) I I think it, I think it had an effect on how much uh, Doug Peterson wanted to use him uh, from there on out. Cause it looked like he got, he got shook a little bit. And, you know, as a guy that's coming off the the injury, the serious injury last week, last year, I think we're going to see more Etienne, as the year goes on, but I'm a little bit worried for ETN right now. I think he got rocked and I think that was a large part of it. And obviously (laughs) James Robinson was playing well too. So what do you do with this backfield? Like are both of these guys, are both these guys starting for you? Oh man. I, right now I'd only be comfortable starting James Robinson. If I had to flex ETN, I wouldn't feel horrible, but, James Robinson's the guy. I know coaches lie to the media all the time, but Doug Peterson even said it. Like they realize week one how important James Robinson is to them. So maybe he had that moment of realization because that was the whole offseason rumor is that like, oh, they don't really know what they're going to do with him, blah, blah, blah. And maybe Doug Peterson finally realized, oh, yeah, this is why he's been on the team for two years. Undrafted guy, just totally killing it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I think you can, you can go ahead and bench ETN for now and see what happens. But um, I expect brighter days for sure uh, for Travis ETN. Hopefully, <laughs> uh, but James Robinson, man, look good. Definitely can start him. Oh yeah. Um, Christian Kirk, you know, he's these guys' number one wide receiver right now for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he played well. I mean, twelve targets got six receptions for 117 yards. Uh didn't didn't score on the day, but that's a productive day, you know, and um Kirk, I think you kind of have to flex him after that. Yeah, I would agree. It's um I think it's pretty telling like the first game Trevor Lawrence really gets to come out and kind of let it loose in a new offense. You know, 12 of his 42 attempts go to Christian Kirk. So it, he definitely looks like his wide receiver one. 
Zay Jones was a surprise, though. Nine targets, six catches, 65 yards. Uh, he was on the Raiders for a long time, so I saw a lot out of Zay Jones. Very serviceable receiver. So maybe keep an eye on Zay Jones. Yeah, definitely. But uh, the only guy you're starting this week is is Christian Kirk for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's move on to the last uh, morning game here. The Dolphins taking on the Ravens. Uh, Baltimore right now are three and a half point favorites. The over under is 43 and a half points. This one is in Baltimore. Uh, let's start on the Dolphins side of the ball. Man, uh, <laughs> there's, I've seen some teams out there that have both Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle on the same team. And the funny thing, you know, I was laughing about that before the game started, but then it actually worked out. And they both put up pretty good numbers on the day. Yeah. Do we expect we expect the same out of these uh, these two receivers uh, against a, a better defense this week? I would expect the same out of Tyreek Hill. Twelve targets. Uh, Jalen Waddle made the most of his opportunities. He had five targets, four catches, and got a touchdown out of one of them. I didn't. I don't remember the touchdown he scored. Was that that 42-yard, like, kind of longer yeah, play one? it was like a, a deep post, and he kind of split three defenders, and they ran into each other, and, and he took off for the touchdown. Okay. Well, you know, once again, I hate to be, like, nitpicking about stats, but let's just say that play doesn't work out. He has five targets for three catches and 20 yards. So yeah. Tyreek Hill seems like the for sure starter, and I love me some Jalen Waddle. Best, you know, touchdown celebration in the league. I had him on my leagues last year, traded for him <laughs> in leagues last year. But Tyreek Hill definitely seems like an imposing presence. I he's the guy to start right now. Yeah, so you're you're saying bench bench Waddle? I mean, it depends on your team, obviously, but if if you have a better option out there. Like would you go Christian Kirk over Jalen Waddle in your flex? Oh, that's a tough one, but I think I would. Because I think uh, the Jaguars will play from behind, most likely. So they'll be throwing even more. And this Dolphins-Ravens game might be a bit of a dogfight. Two pretty good defenses. I'm really yeah, curious what so. Lamar's going to do against this defense. Because the Dolphins' defense really might be one of the best defenses of the league right now. Yeah, they're really good. Um, the Do- I mean, Baltimore has a really good defense, too. So I, I agree with you, man. I'm, I'm a little worried about Waddle this week. If I could bench Waddle, I would. And I would start Tyreek Hill. Uh, what about the running back, Chase Edmonds? Clearly the starter um, in this backfield, but didn't have the best uh, week. Uh, but as I said, certainly led the backfield in snap count and touches. Um, you know, I drafted this guy in quite a few leagues, you know, expecting him to be the starting running back and hopefully produce. But I'm a little worried starting him against the Baltimore Ravens this week. You should have at least other options well with where you drafted chase Edmonds, hopefully you got two running backs before him so right. i see what you're saying i i wouldn't be comfortable flexing him this week it's ironic that you know mike mcdaniels the head coach of the dolphins is supposed to be kind of this rushing guru and they ran the ball 23 times for 65 yards i know the patriots are really good at d- defensive game planning but that is horrible that's not even three yards of carry yeah, that's that's tough. A uh, couple of tough defenses here for Miami out of the gate. So I expect things to loosen up a little bit for them. Uh, but if I can bench Chase Edmonds this week, 
I am. Like there's one league, for example, I have Daryl Henderson in that league as well. I'm starting Daryl Henderson over over Chase Edmonds. It's a league that I kind of went wide receiver heavy in at the beginning um, and have one stud running back. And so I'm just kind of filling that RB2 gap. And I'd, ra- I'd much rather go Daryl Henderson this week than, than Chase Edmonds. Yep, I do the same thing. Uh, on the other side of the ball, J.K. Dobbins, uh, you know, didn't play last week, but was a full participant at practice on Wednesday. If he is active yes. and healthy, are you throwing him in there in his first game back against the Miami defense? I honestly would. It, it's pretty telling that you know Baltimore, being a, a typically run-heavy team, gave the majority of their carries to Kenyon Drake who it, I just it makes me think their running back room is not as deep as we all think. Yeah. I mean, I know Gus Edwards is going to be out, uh, I think, for the first four weeks or something like that. So once it's JK and Gus, it'll be a different story. But, you know, I thought Mike Davis or Justice Hill might have a little bit more of an impact. And they really, you know, Mike Davis and Justice Hill only had two carries each, and they gave 11 carries to Kenyon Drake. Like I said, Raiders fan here. I saw Kenyon Drake for the last two years. He's not that guy. He's really not. <laughs> and they yeah, gave him the ball 11 times. So it kind of shows how deep their running back room is or is not, I would say. So if J.K. Dobbins is back, I see them just rolling full steam with him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Mike Davis is toast. You know, if he's still on your team, you can you can go ahead and drop him. Um, same with Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I mean... They're going to be forced to have to give J.K. the ball if he's back because they're they're hurting for someone back there to to be productive. So, and they don't want to rely totally on Lamar <laughs> to play quarterback and running back. So, I would agree with you. I mean, if he's healthy, he's a full participant today on Wednesday. That's a really good news. That's a really good sign. Um, yeah, I'm I'm playing him, uh, but I'll be honest, I really didn't draft J.K. anywhere because I was worried about what he would look like when he does come back. So, But you drafted him as your RB2. I mean, you kind of have to take the shot. You bet on him, you know, coming back, bouncing back. You kind of have to at least test that for right now. Uh, the receiver situation, kind of interesting. Devin DuVernay um, Piece of brought, shit. Down, <laughs> brought, and brought in two touchdowns last week. Bateman had that big one, which kind of saved his day. Um, Devin DuVernay, you know, one of the popular, I guess, waiver wire targets this week um, for people taking a shot on him. I don't think he repeats, obviously, uh, scoring two touchdowns on four receptions. So I'm not plugging him in there. But what about Bateman? You're going back to the well? Uh, See, the thing is, Bateman is the Ravens wide receiver one. And they're going up against the Dolphins, and the, the Dolphins have a great cornerback in Xavier Howard. So I, I honestly can see him shutting down Rashad Bateman this week, which is going to make Bateman look like total shit for the first two weeks, even though he did score a touchdown last week. So I'm avoiding him. The only receiver I really want to start on the Ravens is Mark Andrews, but he's a must-start anyways. So Yeah. Yeah, and the other the rookie tight end is interesting. Um, he was a converted receiver that is now playing tight end. Uh, Isaiah Likely, 
but uh, you're still stashing that guy. You're not you're not starting him yet. Uh, but I think he yeah. could get more involved as the season goes on. Nice time. But he had four targets. Yeah, didn't catch any of them. Right. <laughs> uh, so hopefully that improves. But he's a rookie, man. So, uh, but yeah, Rashad Bateman. I would agree with you. I, you know, I'm looking for other options if if they're out there. I like that take. Um, I think it could be a rough week two for him against this defense, uh, and a big game for Mark Andrews. All right. Well, that'll do it for the early games. Um, unless there's anyone else you want to bring up. Uh, has anyone heard what's been happening to Tyrell Williams? Is he alive? <laughs> I'm just going to keep wondering two years later, where you know, is he? He yeah, gone. He gone. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, if you can, like, subscribe, and rate. Good ratings. Five stars are all we accept. Um, you can catch us on Twitter at the FF Fathers and keep an eye out for the late game uh, start of the week episode, which is going to be coming out later this week, probably Saturday. So go ahead and subscribe and then it'll just let you know actually when it's uploaded. So that's pretty convenient. <laughs> All right. We'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>